Hello, my fellow humans. Welcome back to the Trans Agenda podcast. After talking about RGR's bad takes, I thought I'd be done talking about specific people and their bad takes. This episode was prompted by Blair White's most recent Exposing Trans Predator video about non-binary activist Alok. This episode is tackling to boost herself. Expect transphobia in all forms related to stereotypes, accusations of predatory behavior, and mentions of pedophilia, etc. Now, if everyone is ready to jump right into Blair's world, let's get right into it. The trans predator stereotype and how Blair White has historically used it. But of course, a new video came upon my feed. So the first thing, as always, is context and definitions. In this case, it will largely be context because Blair butchers that in her video about a lock. So firstly, a lock, as I said, is a non-binary activist who uses they, them pronouns. I use this set for them in this episode. Blair does not. Anyways, a lock has been made popular by their views on gender and their collabs with other non-binary celebs like Sam Smith and Demi Lovato. As of right now, I'll be linking an amazing video calling out the many crimes of Blair White by the marvelous Clark or on YouTube Art Cowboy. Anyways, now that the general context is over, let's get right into the thick of it. As it pertains to this situation, they also co-owned an account with another person called Dark Matter, which was a poetry page made on Facebook where the post that Blair makes her video off of is from. I also want to say up front that Blair White is a trans woman, if y'all have been blessed enough to not know of her. She is also notorious for being super envy-phobic and generally horrible at fact-checking, but more on that later. If you guys want a full Blair Files episode, then let me know. So the first thing I'm going to do is read the post that Blair takes issue with and share my thoughts about it. This is a direct quote I'm reading for you guys, but don't take my word for it. I will link the image in the description for you all. Blair doesn't actually read the whole thing, so I'm going to read the whole thing first and then the post she posted in the video. Anyways, let's begin. The U.S. routinely searches for new legal scapegoats to deposit its fears and anxieties around gender gender and sexual deviance. In the past, this has included the witch trials, sodomy laws, hypercriminalization of suspected gay pedophilia in the late 20th century, and most recently, dozens of state and local anti-trans bills across the country. While the face and identity of the alleged perpetrators has changed, the supposed purity of the victims has remained stagnant. These days, the narrative is that freaky transgender people, or as they say, cross-dressers, will come into the bathrooms and abuse innocent little girls. This type of legal culture relies on two things, the construction of morally abhorrent perpetrators or scapegoats and the production of pure innocent victims. In this case, as in so many cases in the past, those victims are archetypal white cis innocent little girls. We totally need to challenge the white Christian supremacist right-wing rhetoric around trans bodies, absolutely, but we also need to seriously overhaul the idea that there is a perfect victim anywhere. 
I believe in the radical notion that little girls, like the rest of us, are complicated people. There are no fairy tales and no princesses here. Little girls are also queer, queer, trans, kinky, deviant, kind, mean, beautiful, ugly, tremendous in particular. Your kids aren't as straight and narrow as you think they are. Like everyone else, I've been a cute little girl and a gender non-conforming young adult. Let me tell you, everywhere along that spectrum, I've been complicated and strange. The 1973 horror flick The Exorcist is my favorite snapshot of cultural place of white cis little girls. In the film, a little girl with a single mother is possessed by the devil. From another perspective, the little girl is actually exploring her sexuality, masturbation, and so on, and her own demons and meanness. Obviously, white men from the church have to be brought in to save her since her single mom can't do it alone. What if instead of moving from the in, from the exorcist model of little girlhood, we moved from a place that acknowledged that no one is perfect pure flower that can be corrupted, that everyone at once is is at once capable of receiving violence, including little girls that we give this i'm sorry this is really hard for me to read that we all give and receive violence to varying degrees but that is not a fairy tale no one is purely good or evil look around there are no princesses so i have a few things to say about this number one is that generally i think it's worded very very poorly particularly at the end but hey, what Facebook post from allegedly five years ago isn't. Also, in the image I linked, it does have the label that it was posted 11 hours ago, but that's just a really old screenshot. You can tell by the format of Facebook compared to now, but anyway, yeah. Allegedly, it was posted five years ago, but I couldn't actually find the date, so I'm going with five years. A lock here, I think, is trying to get a really interesting idea across that I honestly agree with. Trans people, particularly trans women and AMAB people, have been made out to be predators. That in and of itself is a bad stereotype, but it piggybacks off of what society views girls and women, specifically white women, as. As someone who was raised as a girl who was also white, I can tell you from my own experiences that I have been used in multiple situations as the idea, oh my god, as the idea God, sorry, can't say idea for some reason, as the idea of purity and divinity to put another group down. The role of white women and girls is simply to be the pure sheep. We aren't humanized at all, but we're fetishized as helpless, pure, and innocent. This isn't just harmful to the girls in question, but all minorities that these girls are used to oppress. This same thing was and is used against gay people, black people, and now trans people. Yes, one side of the stereotype is the demonization of the minority in question, but the other half is the dehumanization of girls as well. Sorry, I need to say that sentence again because I read it wrong. Yes, one side of the stereotype is the demonization of the minority in question, but the other half is how abuse is viewed as worse when it's against a white cis girl, as opposed to abuse being bad, period. 
you can see this with how assault is treated when it's a sex working black woman versus a church going modest white woman. Neither is treated fairly, but one is told they were asking for it a lot more than the other one is. There's an article by Vox that I think illustrates the role of white women in society and specifically white supremacy that explains things much better than I really can. I'll link that into the in oh my god. I'll link that in the description of the episode for y'all to check out if you don't already know what I'm talking about. What Alok is getting at here is that we are all people regardless of our age, race, gender, sexuality, or identity. And regardless of all these factors, we should be treating abuse with the same gravity, but we simply don't. What they were trying to say was that there are oh my god, sorry. <laughs> What they were trying to say was that there are another, there's another narrative in this opposing argument that we haven't touched on yet that we really should. Just because a person is complex and not pure and simple doesn't make their abuse any more or less valid. Now, yeah, the wording was pretty shit, but someone who, oh my god. Now, yeah, the wording was pretty shit, but as someone who generally knows the tone of this post with context, it is in no way a shower of predatory behavior, which is what Blair claims, which we are going to get into now. So Blair is quite the framer, I have to say. She has certainly perfected her craft, if only she gave her research that same energy. Within her video, she reads this quote chopped up as it is in a meme that her entire video is based off of, which honestly just shows her lack of research and understanding. And even if the quote she read was the authentic quote, it would not be a cause to suspect pedophilia or predatory behavior. The leaps she has to take are so mind-blowing. Now, she also has a history of hating a lock, which includes misgendering them constantly. Blair has now made, I believe, three videos about them. So yeah, I didn't expect her to be charitable at all. However, even taking this quote that she chopped, it's simply not comparable to predatory or pedophilic behavior. And there's a very sinister reason why she made this video and all honestly, all of her trans predator videos, and that is that she exploits the trans predator stereotype. Sorry, editing Sean here, but I also have the quote that she used in her video linked in the description of this episode as well. I forgot to mention that, but it is there. So if you want to look at that, totally do. It is really chopped up and really freaking weird. I mean, you you heard me read you heard me read the original um, post, so you guys know how long that one is. It's in meme format, so you can probably tell that it is going to be chopped to hell. Anyways, go check that out because it's important to look at the framing in that post. I just forgot. Anyway, there it is. Before I get into the trans stereotype of being predators, I do have to say. A little something about online discourse when it comes to accusing people of being freaking predators. Like, that term has been so normalized online, especially in the expose bubble online. It is really not okay, 
and very freaking harmful because calling somebody a predator is not a normal accusation to make. Like, this should be treated with extreme gravity, but it never seems to be online. So I just wanted to mention that before. This is me going off script, but I just had like a, I had a little bubble of thought outside of that. But yeah, now we can get into the trans predator stereotype. So I have to say that is a big accusation to make without context towards Blair. Blair has prided herself on being the Chris Hansen of the internet when it comes to trans predators. However, the framing that she puts in these videos focuses on the transness of the individual. Take Jessica and Neve's case. Now, before anyone gets the wrong idea, Yaniv is a predator, 100%. She needs to be in custody. However, she is still that, a she. Her being a predator doesn't give anyone the right to take away her transness. There are shitty trans people, like there are shitty black or gay people. There is shittiness, and it has nothing to do with her identity. The idea that a person's able to have their basic respect taken away when they do a bad thing is really fucking harmful. If a black person commits a horrible crime like murder, that doesn't give anyone the right to be extremely racist towards them for that. Same with trans people. And here's my particular issue that I see with Yaniv's case. Nobody actually cared about victims or even what actually happened. People, especially in Blair White's audience, were there to see a trans woman be a predator so they could use it against trans women for the rest of their damn lives. You know how many people I have seen use this case against trans people when they want to go into the washrooms of their choosing? Way too many! This case was only made popular because the perpetrator was a trans woman. This undermines the victims and harms trans women and honestly trans people as a whole. This just shows that Blair's transphobia bleeds into literally everything. Now, I'll give credit where credit is due. Blair didn't dead name Jessica like other YouTubers did. Wink wink, Repsion. However, she continuously allows for her anti-SJW takes to slip in and essentially tries to frame this case as only possible because of the SJWs on the internet. This case was only covered to further her own rhetoric. She gave zero shits about the victims or anything like that. She too just saw a trans woman and that looked like someone she would make fun of doing bad shit. That's really it. Blair is not a hero. Blair is not good for doing what she did. Yes, she accidentally collected evidence that would run Yaniv into legal trouble, but only because she was looking for personal gain from covering Yaniv. Stop white knighting Blair. It's really disrespectful to the victims and trans people like yourself. Anyways, I think a lot needs to clear this up. If they mean what I think they mean, they really should say, hey, that's not what I meant. I would hate to see another non-binary creator pushed off the internet out of bad faith framing by the right. On that note, that is the episode. If you want more content about some of Blair's stuff, just let me know. Trust me, there is a cornucopia of- Now I want to talk a little bit about the history of the trans predator stereotype, specifically about how anti-SJW YouTube and general internet use it all the time in their arguments, specifically about trans women. This is a common method where transphobes will say that a trans woman is just a perverted man. 
This goes back to the 50s. Even though trans women wasn't yet in the language, the attitudes against these people were the same as they are today. Trans women were viewed as cross-dressers who dress up like women to live out their sexual fantasies. This, of course, is not true, but it cut up quite quickly. Now, modern day, you see there are massive media coverage, especially on the right, where a trans person, specifically trans women, act in a predatory way. Except nobody actually cares about the victims or wants to help. All that people seek to gain from talking about this abuse is the examples that back up their claims that all trans people are pedos and predators. Same with the whole James Charles situation. Even though at the start of all of this, there was no evidence people jumped on because of the stereotypes about gay men. Yes, evidence came up later. James Charles is a creep, but nobody would have jumped on him like this if he were a popular straight man or woman even. People would have waited for evidence largely. Critiquable content, so I am very prepared. Keep fighting, you beautiful people. All the love. Peace. Hello, my fellow humans. Did you like this podcast? Go follow the podcast Instagram at the underscore transagenda, all lowercase. Or you can just follow wherever you're listening. I do have an announcement, though, which you need to check the Instagram to do, so you might as well just follow me anyway. I am going on a panel this Sunday at, I believe, 5 p.m. PST, 8 8 p.m. EST, which is my time. But yeah, where I'm talking about trans-masculine issues, particularly trans-masked people being affected by transphobia. It is hosted by, again, the lovely goddammit Malcolm, who is amazing. Go check him out. I already have the links out, but it is in the link tree in the bio of the podcast Instagram, so please go check it out. Give us a follow while you're there, but yeah, check it out. I think it's going to be really freaking fun. More info is on the Instagram. But anyways, that is the episode. If you enjoyed, please, please come again. Um, I do content like this all the time. But anyways, keep fighting, you beautiful people. All the love. Peace.